What is up, guys? Welcome back to Overtakes. This is Misfit, and we are going to be talking about Week 26, the final week of the Countdown Cup qualifiers. We had a bunch of good matches. Well, a few good matches this week. We're going to talk about a couple of them, if time permits. I had a little bit something a little bit different, but then we had some news break, and uh, so some of that's going to get uh, pushed aside because we have a lot to talk about uh, this week. So let's dive into the news first. All right. First thing, we, we're going to take care of this one first. Rockus retired from the Houston Outlaws. Uh, flex support, OG player. He's been a part of the Houston Outlaws since their inception. You know, he was a, you know, a face of the team. He was on the Today Show with Jake. He was one of the original guys on the team. They're moving f- past this right now. He, the last year or so, he's been kind of okay, not great. Put on, he was put on the bench for Rappel after swapping in and out um, in the beginning of the year, and he has uh, decided to retire from Overwatch League. So, uh, you know, it's sometimes rough watching some of these guys that were around from the beginning leave. But, you know, I understand where they're coming from. They want to go in a different direction. He wants to move on do some other things. You know, and good luck to the guy. Okay, now the big news. <laughs> move on to the big news of the week. All right. So... We're going to head to Dallas for a little bit here and uh, discuss what was going on. There's a lot to unpack with this. I had I was preparing my stuff to do the recap show like I normally do, and then stuff started breaking. I just wanted to wait it out before I got uh, before we did the episode to see everything that transpired. So it started on Monday with Decay getting released. By the Dallas Fuel. There was a lot of stuff going on with this. that He was not happy. He got benched uh, last or benched himself before the uh, the summer showdown uh, tournament. So, Decay was in and out of the lineup. And uh, finally, we got some news from, from Dallas. Apparently, he did not want to work with the staff. There was a lot of discord going on there. And uh, they put out a couple of tweets. So... Hastro has was very active yesterday on on social media uh, discussing what was going on with decay and a lot of other things. I'll just read you a couple of the tweets. Uh, nothing. I'm not going to get into all of them. He did. He go on Dallas's uh, Twitter page. There's a lot of explanation of what's going on, and you know it's good to see the transparency from an organization like Dallas. So we're going to discuss what this means and all that stuff in a little bit. It's Dallas, and this this is not the first time it's happened. It's not an isolated incident, and it's another reset for a team that should have been in the top five that's just underperforming. What he had to say, so here's Dallas's tweet. We granted the request of uh, Gui Un Decay Yang. Um, I butchered that name. We'll just say we, we granted the release the request of Decay to release him from his contract prior to the, 20, the end of the 2020 Owl season. Our management is focused on evaluating changes and building a cohesive team that will be positioned for future success. Now, Hastro had this to say: "We know we have, we know we have to work hard to get our team playoff ready. So let's talk about this." Decay has had a few months left on his contract, but he refused to work with our staff. When a player refuses to practice, it is time to move on and give some other players the best, their best shot. And he continues on um, a couple other things. I don't expect everyone to understand. But our team dynamic is important, and we have major progress left to be made. We are still working hard to make a playoff push and feel like we have great players to do that with. Not ideal, but we will keep pushing. 
We have our sights set on winning championships, always have, and have been very successful in our history in Overwatch a long time ago. Uh, tough decisions have to be made sometimes, and this was certainly one, staying positive and looking forward to correcting our course. Now, after this being said, they released Tikati, and then the final um, news, they released Astro, or Astro, they released Arrow, I knew I was going to do that too. Damn it. They've released Arrow. Um, there's a statement. Head coach Aaron Arrow Atkins has been released from his position, effective immediately and continuing through the 2020 season. Young Jin Yong Kim will serve as interim head coach of the Dallas Fuel. Louis Tikati LaBelle Wong has also been relieved from his assistant coach position. Players and staff were informed of the changes today. So what do we have? What's going on? A lot here. So Dallas, once again, and I was on this train before you know, a lot of you guys were. I know you're fans, but Dallas was not performing. I had them at 12 in my power rankings. They're a little better than that. Some some teams underperform, but they're not great, and they should be. They should be top five. They should be where Florida is. Because on paper, if you looked at their roster and told me Florida versus Dallas, which one is better? They should be up there, or the Valiant, or I can I can go with a couple other teams. There's you know teams like the Gladiators that aren't performing either, but Dallas had a lot of potential. Once again, they've had trouble with a DPS player. I don't think these are incidents that define Dallas. I don't think it has anything to do with Dallas specifically. Effect had a lot of issues outside of the game. He was a great player. He had a lot of things going on in his life with him personally, and you know anger management and a lot of other things that he needed to work on and overwatch just and he was grinding a little too hard and things like that and he just needed to leave the rascal thing now a lot of this happened after kai kai left so i'm pinning some of this on arrow and some of the korean players not being able to work with him maybe i i'm generalizing this i'm not doing any kind of you know, I don't have the insider information, but it just feels like their system with Arrow had a couple of guys just were not meshing with it. And they were really good players. I don't know if he would. He had too many set strategies. They didn't like the things he was doing. The comps, whatever was going on between Arrow and some of these players, it, it was not working. Also, on the Arrow side, it hasn't been working. They did okay last year. Okay. Not great. They should have done better last year. They should be doing better this year. They should be in the top five of the standings, not the bottom four. Uh, let's be honest. This team had a lot of promise coming in. You got Gamsu. You got Note. Okay, they're not the best tank line, but they're very, very serviceable. Your supports were questionable. They've upgraded with Crimzo and Paintbrush. They look a lot better with those two guys. And then Doha and Decay were the carry. They were the, the glue that was going to make this team in the top five, regardless of Mar even if they had marginal support play. But things have not been working out. They are not getting what this team needs, and that's Ws. They're doing well in spots. They have flashy plays. With this team, it's always the, well, they're going to turn the corner. Or, yeah, They're looking better than they did last week, but they're not getting the W. Yes, they can beat Boston. Sometimes they can beat teams that are lower than them, that should be lower than them, like Vancouver. But they don't. And that's part of the problem. They're not beating the teams they should beat. And they can't come close to competing with the teams that are better than them.
They got absolutely demolished by Philadelphia. Philadelphia beats pretty much everybody, but they didn't even give them a fight. The Gladiators, who are on the same level of disappointment, at least took them to five maps. Dallas didn't even show up. And I don't know if it's stuff that rumblings and things like that were going on and causing just mental boom on these guys where they, you know, playing was, they just weren't playing and they had to fix it immediately or they knew it was in the works. Something was going on where they're, they're just not performing and people have to be held accountable. Props to Astro for being trans transparent enough. Yeah. Okay. This is another changeover for this team, but you know what? The guy wants to win. He's a good dude. He usually gives the people the benefit of the doubt. I mean, me personally, I would I wouldn't have had Arrow come back just from the performances they had last year, and they should have done better and on all the, the the things. And he gave the guy another chance. They should have been better. They put pieces on this team. Yes, Decay didn't work out. He didn't want to work with the staff and all that. And I think that had some something to do with just purging everything. And maybe they needed to do it again. I'm a Mayhem fan. It's happened twice. Or three, almost three times. Yeah, kept a bunch of guys, got Kuki in there. You know, they need, maybe Hastro sees some of the uh, similarities here. And, you know, sometimes you just have to reset. You don't want to, but you gotta. And Dallas is disappointing. I want to see what they do moving forward this year. It might be just a wash, but this had to be done at some point. And props to them for doing it sooner than later because the longer you wait and all that stuff yes we can get into we can get into de releasing decay three days after four days after the deadline for signing players he might not want to play i don't know what's up with decay but you know it's a strategic move in a way yeah this has been going on for a bit but you don't want someone else to pick up decay it's kind of sneaky maybe but uh, i i don't know i think they they waited out thought about it Trading him probably would have been better in my estimation. You probably could have got something for him. Even if you traded him to Boston, you could have picked up somebody like Jerry or somebody like that maybe and gotten another DPS player in the mix. Jerry, Color Hex, I, who knows what you could have done. That was a, That's a little weird, but we're just going to have to, he's just going to have to wait until next year, I guess. I'm sure there's going to be some kind of bidding war with Decay, but I know there after this, this is his third team. He just got flat traded by the Gladiators, so I don't think it had anything to do with his attitude or anything like that. In fact, I think I saw um, uh, John Galt said uh, something on Twitter that he's pretty chill, so whatever happened, I don't know. But the dude was pretty good with, with them. So there had to have been some kind of discord with the coaching staff and all that. But we'll see what happens to Decay after this. Obviously, you can't go anywhere this year. You know, Dallas is a mess. And Hastro's taking steps. And if you're a Dallas fan, you know, you're going to be impatient. This is the third time. I, I get it. It's a continual overturn of rosters and players, and they still have some players that probably need to go anyway. They're all playing Valiant. Uh, Valiant. They're all playing Valorant for crying out loud. You got guys like Unko that's on the team still, and you know some of these guys got to go. Uh, I'm sure that's contract related, and they're gonna have to wait till the end of the year. But Hastro is was clear in saying that he this isn't it. So there's going to be a lot of more purging going on with this organization. And that, you know, that's fantastic. They, get it straight. They needed to work things out. I personally, it, it, things might have gone so bad with Decay that, you know, you couldn't have kept him anyway, even if you got rid of the staff that was 
being jerky or whatever to him or not working the way he wanted to work or however it was going. But obviously there was a problem with the staff and some of the players and generally the Korean players that Dallas wants to run a mixed roster. It's, it's a tricky thing to get the right pieces in on that. But I think I lean towards the mixed roster rather than going one way or the other, just for the fact that going for the best player, no matter what they are and try and figure that out sort of like Philly does or, Paris to an extent. I mean, you have at Paris, you have people that speak English, Korean, French, all kinds of stuff going on there. Um, Atlanta does it. I think that's the way it's eventually going to go, where you're just getting the six best players for your starting roster, and you know your roster is filling in pieces, but it, it's it's tricky and managing different ideals is hard. And I don't think that the staff that that, that Dallas had managed that very well at all is where I'm going long and drawn out. We shall see what they do in the future. This is just, you know, something that needed to be done. And you know, you don't like talking about people losing jobs and stuff like that, but at some point people have to be held accountable and teams have to move on. If things aren't going well and they should be going well on paper, when you look at it and there's discord and there's just marginal play, you got to move on and find somebody that can get this, it's set back on the right course. And Hastro is seems hellbent on doing this. So that's good news for you, Fuel fans. Right now, not so much. You're just going, what the fuck is going on? Maybe talk to Vancouver fans. <laughs> I don't know. Look forward to see what, what Dallas has coming up for the Cup and for the playoffs and in the future. I, I want to see where they go with this. It's going to be interesting. Now, let's, let's dive into the week. That was in the Overwatch League, week 26. We, of course, had our final week of qualifiers for the uh, Countdown Cup, which in a week, I won't have to say that again. Thank God, it's dumb. Okay, we're going to talk about, we were going to talk about a couple of matches, but with the Dallas News was a little bit more important than going over a few matches this week. A uh, rundown of the scores really quick. Dallas got pummeled by uh, the Fusion 3-0. Outlaws lose a heartbreaker to the Valiant. Should have won that, uh, 3-2. Then APAC, we had the Charge bouncing back, beating the Dynasty 3-1. The Dynasty didn't play terrible. Guangzhou is just better. Next match, we had uh, Hangzhou, who I, I got this one wrong. I had London in this one. I thought London was going to beat him 3-2. I just thought they were playing a little bit more cohesively, but Hangzhou seemed to have, seems to have righted the ship a little bit. Played better, 3-0. They looked decent. Next match, Shanghai takes New York in a close 3-1. Well fought on both sides. Shanghai comes out ahead. We had Toronto beating Vancouver 3-2. In another close match, then we had Houston got buried by San Francisco. No Violet, no problem. Atlanta, 3-1's Dallas. This was another one. This was, I think this was the match that set the tone for the beginning of the week. Dallas, on paper right now, should beat Atlanta. And they did not. They looked average at best and lost. This was one of the matches that I had highlighted to watch. I'm not even going to go over it because it was terrible. Next match, Gladiators, Florida. Gladiators put up a really good fight. They looked really good in this. Florida just looked better. Same thing next match. Fusion, 3-0 over the Valiant, just better. <laughs> and then we had our play-in match. Vancouver beats Boston 3-0. Anyone that says Boston's not the worst team in a league needs to have their fucking head examined. The match that I'm gonna we're gonna talk about a little bit. Now there was some interesting stuff. Let's talk meta first before we talk on that. We had a lot of different stuff going on. We saw some junk rat this week. 
on uh, on a lot of the Koth maps. We got we got to see uh, see that. We saw some Junkrat mirrors. A lot of it was uh, you get it at Lijiang Control Center. Saw some in Nepal. We saw um, some Farab play. We saw a lot of different stuff. A lot of Monkey Zarya, and of course Cow Lady was back um, or Horse Lady, uh, whatever qu the the quadruped Omnic was was back in the mix and that just helps a lot of teams but i like watch i'm a i love junkrat junkrat's one of my favorite play, i'm like jake give me some junkrat anytime i like the, the amount of damage especially in those those brawly kind of almost death ballish comps where you're running in control center close quarters things like that where you don't necessarily have the sight lines but then you have you know baptiste and you have all the all the shit in the way Junkrat's good at clearing that out. Plus, you got a good ultimate, which even if you don't get a lot of value out of a Rip Tire, just taking out one support with Rip Tire is enough. Um, yeah, you get some flashy 4, 4Ks and things like that, but I like the Junkrat play. I'm, I'm starting to like the Winston Zarya a lot. I think a lot of teams are doing really well with it. I, I know a lot of people are saying we had a lot of dive. I... I guess you could call it dive if you want to. Just just because the monkey's involved doesn't make it a dive comp. Yes, he jumps across the map. That doesn't make it dive. A lot of it was short bursty jumps. It wasn't traditional. Yeah, some people ran some traditional comps. There were a lot of places where you can. Gibraltar, things like that. It's just executive producers getting a little worked up right now. Um, <laughs> but I, I liked where... What I'm getting at is I like the play style with the Zarya... It's not necessarily a traditional dive. It's not necessarily a traditional dive, but it works really well in a dive-esque format. Especially when you throw in things like Sombra. I liked it when they were running it and like when they would run things different uh, damage dealers. I I lean towards the Sombra and Genji format with that. I, I just like the the way it feels a lot better. It feels more divey. You get a lot of value out of that. And oddly enough, it's Houston. I like the way Houston was running it with with Dante. Well, Dante's just a great Sombra and a great DPS player in and of itself. But the way they were running that, I kind of like the way that worked. It's kind of like they're kind of like watch the APAC matches, it feels like. And they're like, oh, that looks like it's going to work. Um, it works to an extent. It's hard against double shield, but you get some value out of it. You, you can force other teams to do what you're doing a little bit more, especially if you have a really good Winston player that can get in the back line over those shields and all that stuff and kind of do some damage and get out. And then you have Sombra hacks and all that kind of stuff with follow-ups with Genji. It, it makes a lot of sense more now to me than it did before. I just, I liked a lot of that play. I find the double shield boring to watch unless you have, a, you get some of that Genji tracer stuff going on. But I, I just like the other comp better. Right? Let's just let's just say that. So yeah, that, that was the meta and it supports. Uh, Brig is, puts in a lot of value. We saw a lot of Anna. Obviously, when you have Genji, you're gonna you're gonna play some Anna for the obvious nanos. But also, it, it mitigates Genji to an extent. You you have some of these guys that can sleep dart a, 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 a boosted Genji, or you know, with the monkey, you, you can put the monkey to sleep. It it, it just brings a lot of value. But Brig, all right. Let's move on to the match we're going to talk matches we're going to talk about really quick on these because we spent a lot of time talking about Dallas. Um, haven't haven't had to say that in a good six months. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, 
Okay, so we're going to narrow it down to the one match. We, we were going to talk a couple of them. Like I said, we had the Dallas thing. Outlaws Valiant. All right, this was probably the most competitive, fun match of the weekend. The play was not the best, but it was still pretty fun, and, and it was pretty interesting stuff going on. Outlaws come out on Nepal, and then Dante's running a little junk rat. I like that. You know, that it looked pretty good. I mean, he had... Um, he, had, he got a lot of value out of that. Um, Jexay and Dante were just carrying. Lucio was is less of a... He was playing Lucio. Not as great of a pick than Brig, but the thing is, it was somebody like Jexay that, that's a good Lucio. We're talking like, you know, top of the league Lucio. He makes it work. And him and Dante just were... They're the carries on this team. Mecco played decent on this map. But the one thing that the Valiant were doing, they were running uh, Dreamer on ball, and they were kind of doing a little bit of that Apex stuff with with some Farah going on in there. Obviously, Farah versus Junkrat, you know, you're going to take that a little bit. In, uh, the Valiant were in control of this most of the time, and a lot of that had to do with the bad ult management by the um, the Outlaws. They just, I, I didn't like the way they were playing their alts, and they basically would leave the Valiant with a retake and just a, a all of their ultimates just to retake back. It, it just... Did not work out very well. Um, then we get into Dante on Sombra. All right, let's say Dante Sombra is probably the best in the league. You can say what you want about Doha and some of the other guys. Yes, they're very good. Dante gets the most value out of Sombra than anybody else in the league. He And a lot of it is singular hacks, too. That the things that people don't count, they just think EMP. He gets singular hacks, gets a lot of kills, and he was doing this quite a bit. There was a lot of weird fights in this match. Linkser was playing Linkser played a really good match in this match too he got to, you know decent value out of Widowmaker was playing a decent Ash throughout the whole thing D Dante uh, but in this map it, Widow was giving him getting some value but he had to he had to switch on to Ash just for more of a, co a constant damage presence they needed a little bit more especially when uh, we uh, see Dante switch to running Sombra you have to you have to have some consistent damage to go along with the Sombra um, Junkrat obviously is providing a lot of damage, so you can run the Widow alongside of that. There's a weird fight, the weird fight at the end of this, the, the Valiant were forced off the cart, and then there we are. So the Outlaws take Gibraltar that way, and then with that weird fight at the end, then they move on to King's Row, they dispose of the Valiant in that one. They're just better on these map on the, some of the control, or the control, the hybrid, and the uh, um, escort maps, they, they do really well. Next map, Valiant totally dominate Houston 2-0 uh, on Volskaya. Very convincing win on that. So then we, we go to Li Zhang, and of course, we, we, we get some Junkrat and things like that in Control Center. Houston takes Control Center, and then the Valiant take... Houston, Houston then takes um, in a, a really, really good play... There's a lot of good play here by a Hydration on Winston. Did a really good job on uh, Gardens. And then we head to Night Market, where this this one was <laughs> this was a, a crazy ending. It was a, a typical, <laughs> unfortunately, a typical Houston-type thing that went on here. Uh, so we they pretty much, they had control a lot of the time. And then they, it got flipped by the Valiant. So then we go back. Dante has a massive... EMP, one of the many. It looks like Houston finally gets final control. We're talking 97, I think it was like 96 to 99. One other thing I forgot to mention, Dante did do a quick back cap. 
on the Valiant Theory about 70%. He snuck in there, and they he just capped it. It, it pulled the Valiant off. They were playing well pretty far forward through the doors and, you know, trying to keep the Outlaws off the point. Linkser had a couple of big picks. It looked, it, the Valiant flipped it back eventually. Uh, and then Dante EMPs, like we said, big EMP. It, it, it looks like the Valiant are done. Linkser had a couple of big picks in here. And then all of a sudden, KS, KSF whips out a blade and just absolutely destroys them. Now, the, I'm thinking that the, the Valiant are stalling. They, they come in on ball, and they just flip it, take the match. Takeaways from this, Houston let another one go. They should have had this one. Yeah, it was a nice play by KSF at the end with the blade. He got huge value out of it. I don't think Houston was ready for it, and they paid for it. The Valiant showed some resiliency, came back at the end there and, and took care of business and they showed some good Genji play, which was really lacking in the last couple of matches. I don't know if it was just Houston's defense against the Genji, but they looked a lot better. And so the Valiant takes this one three, two. Okay. Really quick. Moving on. We'll just talk about the brackets really quick. We're not going to go over the pick show or anything like that. Um, we're going to dive obviously more into this and in, later in the week before the tournament starts, but we had Atlanta picking, Vancouver, the Valiant picking Houston, Dallas picking Washington, and Toronto picking the Gladiators. So uh, that's going to be the first round of that. APAC is all set as well. Shanghai with the bye again. Then we have Guangzhou taking on New York, Hangzhou taking on Seoul, and Chengdu taking on London. Both these tournaments are going to be very, very interesting going into the playoffs and all that. A lot of teams need to pick up some wins, you know, move some stuff around. We also have a couple weeks of uh, matches in between. Yeah, we're not taking a break. Then we're going to have matches uh, starting on August 14th that weekend. And then we're going to hit another one the weekend after. And then we start diving into the playoffs and all that. But we'll definitely talk more about the tournaments and all that coming up on the next episode. So stay tuned for that. That's going to wrap it up for the recap show. Also look out for our roll call video, which is going to come out in the next couple of days where we hit our favorite players of the week in each of the roles, tank, support, and damage. Okay, that's going to do it. Everybody watching on YouTube, thank you very much. Thanks for all your support, all the likes, all the subscribes, the conversations, all that kind of stuff. Don't, don't forget to comment down below. Keep this conversation going. Everybody out there in podcast land, thank you very much for giving us a listen. This is Misfit. I'm out. Everybody stay safe. Have a great day, and I will talk to you later.